Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. Today on Not the Pastor, we're going to talk a little bit about contextualization. So we're going to talk about, hey, what is over-contextualization? And on the other extreme, what is under-contextualization? And then we're going to try to dive into what is the balance there? What is the biblical balance of contextualization? So looking forward to having this conversation together today on Not the Pastor. is we're talking about contextualization today. We're going to define that and we're going to have a conversation about all of that. But just to get us started, we want to be clear about where this conversation started from. Nathan actually was reading a book uh, by Paul Chapel. It's called Keep the Faith. And yeah. we'd encourage you to go and get that book and read it. it it's been a help. And so Nathan was reading the book and came to this chapter that, that the chapel has on contextualization. And you got him thinking and him and I started having a conversation about that. And honestly, we just thought, man, this would be a conversation worth having with you guys. And so put that on hold. And now we're going to have that conversation today um, in front of a microphone. And so hope it's a help to you. So let's jump in here, Nathan. What is contextualization? What are we talking about when we say that word? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I don't know that I ever heard this term used in exactly this way, but nevertheless, I think it's something that we're all sort of scared of doing wrong. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and, and and just to give a super clear definition, to use Paul Chapel's definition, since we're okay. talking about you know this this chapter in his book that he wrote, contextualization is just simply connecting the truth in an understandable way to, to the hearts of the people that you're trying to communicate to. So you have this truth, you're talking to a, a person or a group of people, and you're trying to communicate that in an understandable way. Yeah. And as, as we hear that definition, we can quickly see how that could go too far. That could be very easy oh, yeah. to do wrong. Sure. Um, but it, it, if you think about it also in a kind of a different direction, we do this all the time. Oh yeah, we do. We, yeah. we contextualize things all the time. It, if I'm talking to my saved church buddies, I'm mm -hmm. going to be talking one way. If I am talking uh, to somebody who's lost, I'm going to be yeah. saying the same truths about the Bible, but I'm going to be trying to use some terms that they would understand more. So I'm not having Correct. to give a definition to every single thing. Yes. Uh, likewise, if I'm in a position where I'm teaching an adult Sunday school class, right. and then the next week I find myself teaching the same passage to a children's class of four mm -hmm. and five-year-olds, yes. those two lessons are going to look a little bit different. Same oh, truths yeah. could course. be the exact same passage, but they're going to look a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that's contextualization. Yeah. So that happened recently to me when I preached a series of lessons um, on the book of Jonah at my home church. Right. And so here I am preaching there and got to have, five different lesson times through the course of a couple of months and got to preach through Jonah that way. And then I took those same lessons and preached that same passage to a group at a preacher's meeting. And because the context changed, then the way that I presented that changed a little bit. We talked about the same truths. We talked about the same issues, but illustrations changed, not because they were inappropriate or bad or anything like that. It's just, I was, right. we're trying to make the point a little differently because the people that I'm talking to are differently. I do that with my Sunday school class. You mentioned that adult Sunday school class. And so if I, my, my illustrations, as I'm thinking through those, I'm thinking through how am I going to hit this, get this illustration 
that makes sense to a 18 year old just out of high school going to college and also that married couple. Right. And so I'm even contextualizing in the same room. I'm trying to get this guy to, I'm trying to get to their context and also get this truth to the married couple that has teenagers at home or whatever. Right. And I'm trying to, trying to get both of them the same truth. And that probably means we have to uh, adjust our approach. And I think that, that we do that without even realizing that I think yes. is. And so whether we would use the term or not, I guess that's what we want to say is whether we're using the term contextualization. Yeah. We're doing it. We should be. I mean, there, right. to some yeah. degree that's happening yeah. in our churches. And yeah. I mean, that makes good sense. Then if, if that's what we're trying to talk about, we want to connect truth to people. Yep. Well, then we absolutely have to contextualize because yeah. I don't care about truth unless it affects my context, right? And I yes. was trying to use like the root word there to get that, like to make the yes. connection there. And so yeah, absolutely. that's, but the truth is though, that mm. we can see that we could go too far yep. and contextualization yes. could go to an extreme. Yep. We don't want that to happen. So, so let's talk about that though, then what is over contextualizing? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's what typically it, we're afraid of it is over contextualization. Yes, yes and, and, I agree. And rightly so, rightly so, uh, because that uh, can lead down a, just a never ending trail for a church where eventually five, 10 years down the road, or even quicker than that, they find themselves in a, in a place where they, they are unrecognizable as a church and they're sure. so un. Yeah indistinct from yes. the world that right. they they just look like another club or they, they don't look like a church any, anymore yeah. so starting spring at the basic over contextualization is, is simply this it's elevating one truth one even biblical truth over another okay so so for instance probably the way that we would see this happen the most is you have this this principle or this aspect of god that is love Right. Yeah. So okay. you have okay. God is love. God loves. He he is accepting, um, and he does. That's absolutely true. God loves yes. us. God loves uh, you part know, of his even nature. the sinner. Yes, uh, absolutely. But God is also holy, yes, and so is. we cannot neglect holiness. God's holiness, even His admonition to us to be holy because He is holy. Right. We, we can't neglect that because we elevate love. And, and yeah. so uh, if we do that, if we, if we go too far and mm-hmm. with love and forget about these other balancing truths, such as holiness and, and sanctification, then, yeah. then we're going to find ourselves, uh, you know, in, in a scary place as, as a yeah. church. So over contextualization would be trying to connect truth. Cause that's what we're still, still talking about. We're still yeah. trying to connect truth, but trying to connect it, in a way or using a method that would violate another truth in the word of God or at the expense of some other truth. Yes. Right. So, yeah. so I like this truth. Yeah. And so I'm going to preach and teach and I'm going to do all that I can to connect people to that, but at the expense of everything else. And that, that would be a danger. And we, we've, yeah. we've seen that as a trend in churches, um, who want to be more relevant or want to be very connected to the, uh, the, the, the they want to, they, they want to make a difference in their communities. And so in order to do that, you have to have seat people in the pew. Right. And so here we're going to get people there and it, 
that becomes like, hey, we have to have people here becomes a, what can we do to get people here? And it yeah. becomes a, this, it's about getting people there. And, and yeah. that's not just, that happens in independent Baptist churches. Yes. Not just different denominations around the world or whatever. We're yeah. talking about people that taught and believe truth, but begin to sacrifice or contextualize to a place yeah. where they care about these methods more than they care about the truth that those methods yeah. are supposed to teach. And I think we can, a, a church can do this and slide down this, you know, find themselves in a very slippery position to where, again, five, 10 years down the road, somebody sort of s- sticks their head up and goes, wow, what, what has happened here? Maybe right. jumps ship, goes to another church yeah. or something. But I don't think that has to happen because right. there are some some markers along the way to sort okay. of identify, okay, are, are we going down a path that we should not. And, and brother Paul Chapel points these out. He, he has some, there's probably others, but there's some great identifiers mm. to pay attention to if, if in a church context, when it comes to over contextualization. And, and the first one that he points out that I, I think is so helpful is that a church that is over contextualizing will most likely begin to affirm un, ungodly aspects of the culture around yes. them. Yes. So for instance, gonna you know open stir the pot here a little bit. When you start talking about things like homosexuality, again, right. if we are pursuing love, and, yeah. and and that is our you know the one bell that we're ringing, and that's our you know our favorite thing, our soapbox that we're gonna stand up on, and yep. we begin to leave other principles and aspects of God behind then we might start treating homosexuality because we love people so much. We might start sweeping that under the rug and begin to accept that in a way that, that yeah. God does not. Okay. Should we, should we love the individual who's living a homosexual lifestyle? Yes, we should love the, the individual. Yeah, that's not that's, even up for debate. Not, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. But yeah. if we begin to say homosexual, homosexuality, God is okay with that. Yeah. then that we're crossing a line there. And right. a lot of that can happen with over contextualization. Yeah. So yeah. It, when we begin to affirm aspects, not every aspect of, of a culture is godly just because it's just because it's culture. Right. You know, yes. we, we can say, Oh, that's just our culture. So, you know, uh, right. Well, yeah. if it's ungodly, it's an ungodly aspect of the culture. Yes. We shouldn't affirm that. Right. And I think yes. Paul was, was firm against yeah. those things that were ungodly. He, he fit in where he could. Yes, and, and and did things that would um, be comfortable to the culture where he could, but the things that were ungodly were just yeah. plain ungodly, and so yeah. we can't we can't yeah. do that. So yeah. that that would be one marker. That idea of affirming ungodly aspects of a culture, and that's a quote right from this book: affirming ungodly aspects of a culture. It's super dangerous, but I think with a lot of churches that we would maybe be speaking to, and almost would go the other way. Right. And like the anything related to the culture is bad and anything at all that would be a part of that is is not OK. And, and we're going right. to get to that, I guess. I want to make sure that we're clear, like we're we're coming up to that spot where we're going to talk about under contextualization. That's coming. But we are dealing right. with those those issues that are that are wicked and sinful, that our culture just says, OK, this is not a big deal. You mentioned homosexuality, but the fact is that it's totally normal and it's a part of our culture. In fact, it's weird in our culture to have people that don't choose to live together before they get married. And there's just no, right. there's no way Absolutely. around that. that. That is, that's also not okay in the word of God. Right. We're running the danger of over contextualization. If we 
if, if we aren't going to deal with those issues because the Bible deals with those issues. And yeah. so if we're, if, if the Bible deals with it, then we have to as well. And we don't want to be so comfortable catering to our culture that we would run the risk of devaluing the word yes. of God and the truths of the word of God. Brother Paul Chapel also points out that man pleasing is one mm. of those yeah. mile markers. And, and I'm going to skip over that one for just a minute, just because I, I think that's, in my opinion, that's more of a root cause yeah. of okay. all this than, than just a simply a mile marker yeah. or an identifier. Yeah. Um, and, and so I want to come back to that here in just a few minutes, but he, he also mentions an, another aspect or, or a, a, another identifier is the devaluing of preaching. Okay. And I think, man, that, that is very observant. Uh, obviously it's, it's obvious, but at the same time, we, we can slide into this position where if we're all we're ever about is the gospel, it, mm. which is obviously good. That needs to right. be preached. But if yeah. that's the only message that we ever have that we're communicating to people and that, that leaves out a whole lot of the Bible because <laughs> yes. there is right. lots of sin that is called out black and white right. in the Bible. Yes. And if we are only love and we are only Jesus wants you to go to heaven, that is the only message. And we're neglecting the rest of the Bible and not preaching it Yeah, hot where it's supposed to be hot and, soothing where it's supposed to be soothing then yes and we're again we're just missing out on a lot of the bible being preached the way that it was intended to preach oh, yeah. paul called out the ungodly aspects again of their culture called sin yeah. what was you know called what was sin right. sin yeah and so that that is just another identifier is just that softness of preaching yeah in, in sure. church and that can be can be one of those mile markers there yes yeah well, then on the other side, typically when we approach issues like this, it, it almost gets this like, oh, it, like people that are too far that way, they're the real problem. Yeah. This thing is a really a, it's a balancing act, right? It's a, yeah, it's it trying is. to stay on the road in between two ditches. And so mm -hmm. on one side, I, I, I think that people that are listening to us probably would agree that over-contextualization is a problem and we yep. would not want to fall into that ditch. It would be dangerous and it would be yeah. a shame to the gospel of Jesus Christ to go that way. But, but also on the other side of that, there is this idea of under-contextualization. Yes. And, and Nathan, I'm afraid that we might lean more towards mm -hmm. that ditch um, yeah. And so, so let's talk about that. What is yeah. under contextualization? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I agree with you. That's we're so afraid of the one that we probably back into the other, not realizing right. it oftentimes. Yeah. But, but under contextualization would basically just be communicating or, or preaching, teaching truth, but with no clue of our audience, yeah. totally unaware of, of who our audience is and uh, not making any effort at all to communicate the truth yeah. in an understandable way. And, right. and that is, that is sad yeah. as well. Yeah. That's yeah. very dangerous as well. So the way that this looks is that that was good enough 60 years ago. It's good mm. enough today. Right. And yeah. no, we're not talking about truth because we, right. I, I want to be clear. We're, we're not talking about the principles of the word of God. That's not what yeah. I'm talking about. I'm no. talking about eating fish on Sunday morning was a good gimmick to get people in the door 60 years yeah. ago. So that ought to work today. Yeah. And that's just not how this culture doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm, we're, I'm not coming to your meeting because you kissed a pig today. Like yeah. That's Where, whereas over contextualization would 
express or, or would communicate one truth to the neglect of another. I think yeah. under contextualization would uh, elevate tradition yes. over yeah. truth Yep. to where, yeah. like you mentioned, we did this this way for so many years. It had a good it started for a good reason. Yes. We had this particular habit or tradition or way of doing things um, because it, it honestly, it worked and it was yes. helpful in, in that time, but it's because, just not anymore. Well, hold <laughs> but on, but guess what? They were contextualizing, contextualizing. Yeah, there it what is. am I trying to say? You know, the yeah. thing yeah. They, they did it 60 years ago because the, the context called for it. The culture yes. called for it. Yes. The culture there calls for something different now. Right. Same truth, but it, yes. so we, we need to, Realize that they were contextualization. contextualizing. I cannot say yes. that word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah, not a problem. Contextualizing yes. uh, whenever they began that tradition. Yeah. And, right. and so it, it wasn't that it was biblical necessarily. Right. It's just that it was yes. contextually uh, applicable. Now, I want to be clear again. It's not that we're calling out anybody who has stuck with traditions or patterns that have been successful in working out. Like, that's not the goal of this either. Because here, yeah. here's the other thing that is often happens is I think that I am the most balanced and perfect individual in this, in, in this area. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> like yep. that's just how it must be because it's but so like, do we, everybody else. <laughs> exactly. So anybody yes. that contextualizes more than I do is probably over contextualizing. Yes. And anybody yeah. who text contextualizes less than me, well, they are like stuck in the past and yeah, can't like so. Yeah, those under contextualizing yeah. hypocrites. So this idea that I somehow have it right, I'm maybe hopefully on the road somewhere, yeah. but I'm on the road and there's room for other people on the road too. And so yeah. like uh, when the goal here isn't to call out these people or that people or this guy or anything like that. The goal is to get us to think like, what is, what is it that we're doing that is utilizing the method more than mm -hmm. the biblical truth? And yeah. so we're over contextualizing in that way. Yep. And what is it that we are probably need to reconsider our methods right. in order to properly convey truth yeah. so that we're not under contextualizing. There's probably a spectrum of areas in my church yeah. that would be both. And in my Sunday school classroom on Sunday morning, right. There's probably, I probably sometimes do really well, like and get it, nail it right. But there's weeks that I under contextualize and there's weeks mm. that I over contextualize and yep. I, I'm, I'm waffling back and forth, like a beginner on a bicycle, you know, back and forth yeah, this way and that way. Point. So the goal of this conversation would be to help us like individually. And, and certainly if there's issues in our church, we can maybe be aware and could as leaders maybe help with that. But yeah, no, that's a good point. I think probably one of the classic instances of this being a battle or, or a, a topic that was hotly contested was probably the use of screens. Sure. In, yeah. in a lot of churches in that as, as some of those early adopters. And yeah. I think brother chapel, probably even if I remember correctly, he even mentions this as, and as an example in oh, his, sure. he might his have, context, yeah. uh, but as some of those early adopters of screens began to implement well, yeah, that's obviously clearly over-contextualization. Exactly. Clearly. But those very individuals who were blasting them for over-contextualizing now have screens in their churches well, and realize... Yeah. It's like, not over-contextualizing now. Yeah. It's different. I, I don't know that I've been in a church. <laughs> I've seen a church in the la you know, in my lifetime now that doesn't have a screen, you know, doesn't yes. have screens and a projector of some sort. And it's just, yeah. it, it's 
commonly right. accepted as, oh yeah, this is a, right. this is a good idea. And even more recently, I, I know in our own church, there was, uh, there's been debate about how far to go with the screens as far as sure. do we put the hymns up on them yeah. or do we keep hymnals? And I, yep. I'm seeing a little bit of traditional mm-hmm. value being elevated oh, with yeah. the hymn books and you know we that's how we've always done it we can't move away from yeah. that i've even you know at times thought no we have to have you know those and but at the same time as covid came right. and we were forced into a position where we didn't want hymnals out and people passing those around and such yes. that we went to the usage of the screen for the hymns and that's all that we had and man like the church didn't catch on fire. It was amazing. Yes. You weren't, you weren't struck by lightning. That's, no, no. Well, for, for some probably, strange reason. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just right. It could bought across the door friends. That's, yeah. that's all it wrote for, for Hillview and Springfield. Yeah. And so I, I think probably a hybrid approach is, is, you yes. know, in order yeah. there, you know, obviously pros and cons to both, but yeah. that's just one of those things where it was a tradition. Yes. It was not part of the tradition to have screens, but I think what we need to do is like you were saying, Thomas is to, give others liberty to be creative that's right yeah yeah give give liberty there i, I think that in these these kind of situations now if we're if, if we're talking about we're sacrificing truth for a method then there's a problem there and we might yeah. like we could probably call some some people out that way and and chapel does in his book actually call some people out for yeah. for sacrificing truth for the the sacrifice truth for the method or for the acceptability of other truths. So, and that's fine. I think if we're violating biblical principle and clear biblical truth, maybe it would even be a better way to say that. But for violating yes. clear biblical truth, then yes. there's an issue. But there has to be room for people who are different than me to be okay. That, yeah. that has to be a part of our psyche or of our mindset that not everyone has to be exactly like me. Uh, I think we see yeah. that in the disciples. We see that in yeah. Paul and and Barnabas, right? And the way that they approached ministry. We see yeah. that these guys that we would look up to and say, man, these are like, the, the, these are the core, like fundamental people that got the, yes. the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world and got it started rolling here. And we're like, we're, we're still living on top of their shoulders. We don't have the gospel of Jesus Christ where we are today, if it's not for guys like Paul and Barnabas, right. clearly yeah. <laughs> we're talking, we're talking about core foundational people there yeah. and they did ministry differently. Mm-hmm. And that, that has to be okay. Then the, there's room for more than just me on this road or people just right. like me. So. Well, maybe we could talk for just a minute then Thomas about what, what is the biblical balance there or, or what are some, sort of some, some bumpers or some yeah. guideposts, uh, again, okay. making sure we're heading the right direction, that we're staying balanced whenever it comes to that. Brother Paul Chapel points out a few things, such as when it comes to balancing contextualization, understanding that the church is called out assembly yeah, and kind of where, obviously we know that, what does that mean though, in, in application? Well, we, we are called out to be different than the culture. Sure. We're supposed to be familiar to, but yes. but still distinct. And yes. so when it comes to things like like the preaching, you know, Paul did call out sin. Yeah. Okay. Our yeah. our our job is not to make everybody feel good about themselves when yeah. they come in and and soothe them to Jesus. It uh, there's there's points and times in which believers and unbelievers alike need to have sin called out, and so we we need to be set apart. We are a called yeah. out assembly. Yep. And and we can't be using illustrations from 
R-rated movies yeah. in our preaching. Sure. If we're watching that kind of stuff, that is hurting our walk in the first yeah. place. You know, we right. we, should, we don't have any place to. Yeah. you know, even know those quotes and things in the first place. And so uh, we, we do have to be distinct is what I'm, where yes. I'm going with that. And, oh, yeah. and Brother Paul has a, a whole section yes. that he talks about that there. But then also what one of the things that we kind of already touched on is just that if, if somebody else is being creative, they're not compromising yes. automatically. Yes, there could be. There, yes. there could be if they they yeah. could get out of balance just like we could but yes. create creativity and compromise are not automatically synonymous yes and, that's good as you, I, I won't labor that yes. anymore i think that was just a good way of saying that you already did a good job of explaining that but um, we, we have to give liberty to be creative yes. and, and when we give other people that then i think we give liberty even to ourselves to be creative yes. in some ways that yes. maybe we should be and freshen things up right so Yep. It's just healthy being being creative. That's not automatically yep. yes. a bad thing there. Yep. We are we already touched a little bit on this. And, and this is where I was kind of coming back to the the idea of man pleasing. Christ ultimately is is our target. Christ is the one who we're who we're preaching for. Christ is the one who we're trying to please. And so where I think man pleasing, what we have to be careful of is both of those extremes probably are can be rooted in man pleasing. Yeah. So, yeah, so if it. you have the over contextualization where right. you're being too much like the culture, you're wanting to be hip and and popular and get people to like you so that they'll come and, and want to hang out with you and maybe right. find out about Jesus along the way. Um, that can be very much driven by man pleasing and our preaching is aimed yep. at making people happy and feel good yes. about them. That that's very, very much rooted in, in pleasing men. Yep. But so too is can be under yes. contextualization and you Without might say well what do you mean by that no we're we're right. not we're not pleasing people we're we're telling them like it you know straight from the bible like it is and we don't we're telling them they have to wear this well you're i think what we have to be honest about is that we're probably just trying to please a different group of people there it is yep uh, whereas if we're over contextualizing we're trying to please the world if we yep. are under contextualizing it could be that we're trying to please our peers yes yeah. maybe please people that are in the yeah. same circle of churches as right. us and be like them and popular yeah mentors that's a that's a huge one thankful for for my mentors but also yes. thankful that i have the liberty to maybe in time do something a little bit different than the way they would do it Yep. And, and so if yeah. we are always trying to please our circle of friends, yeah. our, our other church leaders who yep. um, we fellowship with at the fellowship meetings and uh, yep. afraid to step out and be creative, then yeah. that too can also be man pleasing. And so I, I think we have to be careful of that yeah. and, and be careful of, of either ministry approach that would yes. not be focused on pleasing Christ. He, he is our ultimate judge. Yeah. I think it would be worth just pointing out too that, well, we can, we would be man pleasing to please our peers or our friends, or there's also a lot of times I've seen this happen in churches, right? Where you have a vocal giving core group of people in your church that have been there since the time of Noah. Right. Yeah. And yep. they, yep. Yep. this You're is right. how it's been. And, 
we could never take those curtains down or we could never change this over here. This, do you know who gave that to us? Well, well, yes. no, she was dead 40 years before I got here. Yeah. Or we but, have to pass offering plates. We can't right. do online giving. I understand that there needs to be a balance, even in those things, right? We don't want to just be like, we don't care about what those people do or think or anything like that. We also need to be right bold enough to please Jesus instead of um, catering to yes. a group of people. And that can work the other way too. Yeah. Like, and we, we've seen that happen in churches yeah. as well, where there's a, a group of people that are also vocal and apart and active and often are like the ones doing things like, Hey, pastor, have you thought about doing this or have, what about if we took and did it this way instead? And like, well, hold on yes. now. So we can't please either one if the goal is how can I make all of these people happy? We're going to end up either under contextualizing or over contextualizing. Yeah, exactly. If, if the goal is pleasing Jesus, well then that's going to take some work to get those people on board with that maybe. And I think to, that's a good way of saying that. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it's tough though, because those are people you have to look at, right? You have yeah. to, you have to have the conversation with them in the foyer after the service and they're going to have this wonderful idea. And you might have to say, you know, that's not where we are. And let me tell you why and explain that to you. But also there might be that other side that says, well, I really don't like that pastor. And then we have to have that conversation too and explain. I, I can see why you wouldn't like this. Again, we're not talking about truth, right? We're, we're talking about methods. We're, we're yes. talking about trying yeah. to, to trying to convey the truth well. And yes. pastor, I don't like, I don't like that. Well, and that's okay. And here's why we're doing that. Here's what we think it's going to help. Here's the, the research that we've done. We're not just jumping in here with like, cause it was the newest thing. Cause we're, Trying to follow Jesus in this thing. We, we've said it a bunch of times, Nathan, but it comes back to balance. We're trying to please a God who is holy and just and is also so loving and so kind. And as there is balance and tension in the nature of God, that there is there are these parts of his character that are very different. There is some of that in what he expects from us. And there's a little bit of tension there. Yes. Here we're trying yeah. to... We're, we're, we're trying to love him and follow him this way and be right and honest before him as far as truth goes. But also we're trying to reach a culture that is very different than the culture that was around 40 years ago. And so mm. we're trying to, we, we, we want to be, yeah. be careful here, but we, we, we want to, we, we want to be different yes. and we want to be distinct, but we also don't want to be out of touch either that we need to at least yes. th there needs foreign. to be some awareness for thank you that's what i'm trying to say yes yeah yeah th there needs to be some awareness of what we are perceived as and where we yeah. are so that there can be bridges made if i'm on one side of the cliff and i'm trying to build a bridge to the other side if i don't have any clue where the other people are on the other side right yes my goodness i, I might build a bridge but it might not be to the anybody there and so yeah. there needs to be some awareness of who's on the other side of that like we're trying yeah. to send out this rope we're trying to send out this gospel message to people and it like we need to be have some awareness of That's who good. we're trying to reach yeah that, that doesn't mean compromise truth again I, I, think, I don't know how many times we've said that now but it doesn't mean compromise truth it no. means truth but also methods can change yep. and that's okay yep they can. Well, this has been a helpful conversation. It was a helpful chapter to me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Enjoyed it. it.
Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today on Not the Pastor. We sure do want to encourage you to get on Amazon and buy Paul Chappell's book, Keep the Faith. I think it's going to be a help to you, and um, he he does a good job. There's a good balanced approach to to these issues. And so you can catch that on Amazon, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. I also ask you to join us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash not the pastor. And we'd love to hear from you there and join our conversations. We'd love to interact with you at that place. And finally, we'd ask you to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Your rating and five-star review help us get this content in front of more listeners. If it's a help to you, we hope it would be a help to them. So you help us that way. We'd appreciate it. Until next week. We are not the pastor.